Hey, this is Dan from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Everybody, welcome to the show that almost never was, episode 658 of I Doubt with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the healthy, and scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. You know, I wouldn't go that far. Healthy has a lot of different meanings, <laughs> and there may be some ways in which I am not. L- let me healthy. amend, let me amend that. Okay, here we go. Healthier than me. <laughs> I think. Well, at this point, it really doesn't fucking take much, but that's, you you that's are true. indeed healthier than than I am. You are improving, though. Yeah, I'm still a little sniffly. Mm-hmm. Uh, still I, coughing. Still coughing a lot. In mm-hmm. fact, I coughed up blood <laughs> yesterday. Which and, is concerning. No, nah, no, nah, I Googled it. Oh, and what did the Google say? Well, if you had Googled it, you would think your life was getting ready to end. I was like, oh, yeah, just a symptom of bronchitis. Okay. I don't know how I would come away thinking that I have uh, cancer and you think everything I is fine. I didn't say cancer. Well, that's the end result anytime <laughs> I Google my symptoms. I, I will say this. All the sniffling just going to fucking stay. That's just how it works. Perfect. But I, I kind of like the sick guy voice. You do. It's a little more... It lends more gravitas to my words. (laughs) You think so? I think so. I think you're putting on some sort of affectation right now. You think? Yeah. Just a little bit. Well, I'm leaning in. To drive your point I'm just leaning in to the hoarseness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) You know, in a world. I can do that. Yeah. Well, good for you. Now I feel like I need to cough after doing the in a world. Yes. Well, um... Go ahead. I can interrupt. No. You posted on the Facebook page, I Doubt It with Dalmore Podcast, oh, and yeah, the Twitter yeah. page, yeah. at I Doubt It Podcast, that you would be flying out for a funeral. All of that is still true. Yes. But we decided to rush in here and sacrifice the sleep. I'm really uh-huh. putting it on thick now. Uh-huh. Uh We just decided to do a show. It just it, it would be better just to, to get in there. And by there, I mean here where we're sitting now in the studio. Yeah. Well, when people hear funeral, they get concerned. And you're, yeah. you're getting a lot of comments. Did you want to kind of talk about that a little bit or... Yeah. Um, my, my best friend of, of decades, of 30 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, his mother died. Mm-hmm. And I am going to the service, which is in a small mountain town in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And it takes, uh, it's not just like fly in, drive to a funeral home, and then go to a funeral. It's, it's a production. Mm-hmm. relative to travel. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm flying out uh, early in the morning, and I won't be back until uh, early next week. So mm-hmm. I mean, we do we don't have to get like a fucking Sherpa or anything to to trek up a mountain. Yeah, but you know, it's it's hours away. It's an hours. Several hours drive to get to the little town. Yeah, so. well, I just wanted you to talk about it a little bit just because, you know, the the listeners care. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I when, appreciate when that. They write, when they read Funeral, they they probably think, oh, God, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, sure. So just wanted to kind of clarify that. And I think it's great that you will be there for your me best too. friend. Yeah. yeah, me too. So um, speaking of listeners. Yes, we checked the P.O. box today. And I finally got my secret Santa gift. That is a lie. That hasn't happened. <laughs> so can I just say, can I say. I totally got burned, you guys. I don't know if you know. <laughs> and maybe the listeners can help me out with this. Because I'm not really good with dates and time. You aren't. But it seems to me mm-hmm. that today is March 4th. Yeah. Yes. And it is. And tell me if I'm wrong here. Uh huh. <laughs> but Christmas, the yeah. day that the birth of Jesus Christ is Savior of the world, is, that was is said to have occurred. <laughs> that, well, it, Christmas does occur on December 25th. Is that yeah. the end of December? Y- yeah. Yeah. Around there. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, we're we're almost officially in a completely different season. Yeah, I mean, it's getting ready to be like daylight savings time. Right, we're we're entering weekend. into a whole new part of the year. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Santa was not good to you, yeah. and it's no secret that he was not. So anyway, speaking of the listeners, <laughs> Brittany did not receive her secret Santa gift, the, the the annual tradition, the thing that's becoming an annual tradition in the listener uh, group on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, but I did receive something you out did. of the blue. Very from, nice. From listener James Richard Cultus. Okay. Did you want to read the whole name like that? They Oh, I guess they... Yeah. I'll just bleep it in post. Okay. From James. Just... I don't know. I just get a little uncomfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I We we, we never read last names. Yeah. On like... Uh, even on like Patreon and shit. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, the note says... I would never have found your podcast without finding the skeptic's guide years ago. If you already own this book, please give it to someone who would enjoy it. Came in a in a nice very Christmassy bag. Mm-hmm. I think Amazon just has like Re- just green and intensely striped yeah, bags. Yeah, just Christmas all bags all year long. Yeah. And then the book, a hardcover book by the way, which I fucking fiend over i love every time i buy a book i try to find the hardcover version because i just it just feels good yeah, it's like a real thing well you it's know? also nice because it can double as a weapon and i think it's really nice yeah, when a, a pair of keys can can double as a weapon not everything can double as a weapon but it's nice when you can get kind of a two-for-one gift situation where it's also a book and a weapon that's that's nice i'm sure that that's what he had in mind yeah so anyway, the, the book is The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Mm-hmm. How to know what's really real in a world increasingly full of fake. Yeah. And I don't own this book. And I am very interested to read the fuck out of this. Maybe you'll take it on the plane with you. I very well may. If you, if you catch me out in the, in, the, in the wild. Yeah. Get it coded in the coronavirus. <laughs> Yikes. 
So I would like to share. So anyway, James, thank you very much. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Listen, books and booze are the quickest way to Jesse D's heart. So Yeah. And the quickest way to my heart is burning me during Secret Santa time. <laughs> that is perfect. So. Yeah. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Speaking of those modes of communication, Brittany Page, we have a voice memo. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. Nico from New York here. Um, just listened to episode 657. Welcome back to the fray, as they say. Um, I need you guys to not just feel better. I need you guys to get better. We all need you to get better. You guys need you to get better. Popeye needs you to get better. Love you, Popeye. Um, wow. Again, listen to just the episode 657. Um, thank you guys for getting out there and voting in the primaries in California. Uh, I respect both of you so much for getting out there and voting and for spreading the message to the masses, all of us that listen to you to, you know, get out there and do our due diligence and our civic duty of voting. Um, Brittany, not going to give you any shit whatsoever, even though I am a Bernie supporter, but you stuck to your guns. You voted for the candidate that you felt best represented you. And hell, Elizabeth Warren is not a bad candidate. Um, so nobody should give you shit for that. If we don't agree on something, we should be able to talk about it and respectfully disagree with each other and maybe come to some sort of agreement. And maybe somebody will sway the other to the other person's point of view. Who knows? But respectful disagreement. Like, I don't know what the hell ever happened to that in this country. Everything is so black and white. Everybody's so one-sided. Everybody's so gung-ho and just fuck everybody else. And that's not cool. That, I mean, that's definitely not helpful to anything or anyone, uh, you know. More productive discussions just need to be had, and people just need to be able to communicate, for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's really all I got. Thank you guys both for being who you are and doing what you've done over these past 657 episodes. And much respect to both of you for getting out there and voting in the primaries. So awesome. Love the show. Popeye is the best part. Love you guys. Thank you very much. I feel like I could use that positivity about all the things that I just kind of need to do. Like that should be a requirement in life. Like when I get out of bed, I want I want a little message from Nico telling me, hey, I'm proud of you for getting up and getting and going to work. Good job. Good Brittany. job not hitting snooze 45 times. When does that happen? <laughs> what wow i feel attacked um <laughs> no you know thank you very much i i will say i i haven't i don't think you've been on youtube i don't think you've been to youtube sir because if you had been on youtube you would see that we can't just disagree yeah goddamn. we can't just have we can't just have disagreements and talk things out uh jesse you announced that you voted for bernie sanders that is right and you lost hundreds of subscribers yeah Hun hundreds and some of, of those were in fact bernie supporters bernie sanders supporters who were angry 
that you didn't come around Soon sooner. Enough. Yeah. Let me see if I took a screenshot. Now that you mentioned that one, that's that really stuck with me because it was so fucking hilarious that morning. Well, I there was one that stood out in particular. I don't know if it's the one you're talking about where they talked about like your bad judgment because you had been a Republican in the past or something. Is that the same comment or a different one? Yeah, uh, uh, that you were for Warren so long shows me you don't know enough about politics to really be trusted. (laughs) Glad you made the correct choice, but you're always too late with your growth. Like when you were recently still a Republican, recently still a Republican. Mm -hmm. That shows a fatal error in judgment that I can never forgive. I thought I had already unsubbed, but now, oh, but now I will hold off. Even though there are plenty of people who started correct and stayed correct instead of having to be weaned off uh, that deserve my actual audience. Glad you are feeling better. Oh, thanks, guy. I'll take the rational nationals or LTBMs take over yours any day. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. You know... This is it's it's a weird thing that's happening right now because you're seeing the Democrats really struggle. Now, I was shocked by the Super Tuesday results, very disappointed, very unhappy, not just because Elizabeth Warren didn't do better, but also because of the way that Sanders performed and how Joe Biden won so many states. Yeah, that was so disappointing to me. But what you're seeing is. This weird thing where people keep saying, and Joe Biden said it, that he's been a lifelong Democrat. But he's a real Democrat, I've seen, too. Right. But I don't care about that when you voted against gay marriage. Yeah. When you supported the 94 crime bill. When you voted for the Iraq war. Like, you're using your party allegiance to convey that you have always had the correct values. And those two things do not fit together, sir. Well, especially when we have your record to reflect upon. Right. I don't care what party you pledge allegiance to when your values have not been correct in the past. Yeah. And it's such a strange thing to me because I don't understand this this tribalism thing that's happening, right? Where people are saying, well, Bernie Sanders, not he's not a Democrat. H- who cares? Yeah, who cares? And also, and, and this is a fair point, right? Bernie Sanders came out and talked about how He's the the establishment is the enemy and whatever talking very negatively about the Democratic Party. Not great. Not great. When you're trying to get the Democratic Party's nomination. Yeah. Right. Not great. Kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Well, you're also you're you're, you're telling people who do identify with lifelong Democrat that that type of thing does resonate with them. You're cutting off an entire wing Because, listen, your Twitter army isn't going to get you elected, Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. You're going to need regular folks who aren't on Twitter who do value some of the things that Joe Biden says and does. You Mm -hmm. have to. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Nico, uh, I'm with you. Sorry, I kind of went off. No, I'm. uh, listen, I, I would love to get back to a time where we can discuss policy differences and not have it be, fuck you, you're the worst thing ever. Uh, you're the reason that there's racism and violence and death and and it's going to be nice that to hopefully get back to that. Hopefully, we're not too far gone where you can discuss differences in healthcare policy. Let's say 
without it being this person wants to kill children. Right. Wants to starve babies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I long for those days. Anyway, yeah. Nico, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voicemail from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to have you call in. We would love to have you write in to help us move that conversation forward, to help us discuss things peacefully, agreeably disagree. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank Adam. Adam! Adam, thank you for being the latest Patreon supporter. We very much appreciate it. So great. Thank you to everyone who donates on PayPal, supports us on Patreon, who shops through the dollamore.com slash Amazon link to put more money into Jeff Bezos' pockets. It's not Bezos, it's Bezos. I heard him say it. And... Also, if you rate and review us on iTunes without profanity, that is a free and very helpful way. Very, very helpful if you rate and review on iTunes. To help people find us. Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. Yes, we keep... I mean, it's never going to... We're never going to say that first. I still call it the Pac-10 sometimes. I think the actual name that they changed it to is iTunes, I mean Apple Podcasts. (laughs) That's the name of it. That seems like a bungling marketing strategy. Well... I think it paid off because it's what we say every time. It just flows right out of the mouth. Right out of the mouth. Correct. All right. We love you guys. We we really do appreciate you. You know, being being, uh, independent media here, being uh, a a house run show here. We don't have a bunch of producers. It's Brittany Page and Jesse Dollimore. Sometimes with the assistance of some flatulence from... Our eight-year-old bulldog mm-hmm. fuels Britney's spirit. The pops. It buoys her spirits. Yeah. Good times. Sometimes stings the nostrils as well. <laughs> so we invite you to, to help support the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we are going to move on. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So can I talk a brief moment about what a fucking moron Donald Trump is? Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned it before in any of the previous 657 episodes of this program. Mm-hmm. But Donald Trump is not a smart guy. It, it's been, I mean, it, it it's never ending. And with the coronavirus going on, you need to have some basic understanding of science and the way that diseases work and the way that vaccines work. It is funny that you mention that particular element there. Just a basic Because that is the clip that I have here. Yeah. Of Donald Trump asking questions of scientists, of doctors, of immunologists. Yeah. And like... Yeah, but what if you had a really good flu vaccine? Like a really <laughs> a really good dose of flu de- vaccine. One that was would pumped that, up. You think that would take care of the coronavirus? As though it's like, oh, what if you put like lead in their boxing gloves? Like <laughs> you just give it extra oomph. Won't yeah. that help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to this. The president of the United States who's who, who has the safety 
of 327 million Americans in his hands in his, and I'll use the word again, bungling effort to organize and control the spread of the coronavirus. But the same vaccine could not work. You take a, a solid flu vaccine, you don't think that would have an impact or much of an impact on corona? No. Probably not. Probably not. So that's why. Uh, Can you imagine having to sit across the table from the president of the United States? Right. You you think that you're meeting someone who has achieved this great office in the halls of power. Right. That you're going to be up against this like amazing, yes. powerful individual who just exudes knowledge and confidence, someone you want to be like, right? Yeah, but instead, you're sitting across some, someone who doesn't even have a junior high understanding of basic science. Right. He's like, and the way he phrases the question, he's trying to use like a, a car salesman tactic of trying to like pressure them, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. scientists. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> like leading question, leading answers. Right. So it's all, it's like, what if you, uh, listen, polio vaccine, that really worked. That worked really well. Nobody has polio anymore. Why don't we throw that at the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. You think that would work? How about we 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 wing a wrench at its head? How about that? Or maybe a hand grenade. That will, if that won't do it, I don't know what's going to work with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pre- President of the United, what have we done? This is your question, you guys ask. Yeah. And what yes. have we done? Yeah, and and they just say no, no, that wouldn't work. They're they're two different. You can almost <laughs> see them shaking their fucking head at him. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's you just fucking mook. We have to explain this like very elementary thing to you. Yeah, he's like, and what about the Alex Jones uh, supplements? Those seem to work really well too. Do you think well, those will have any effect on the corona? I saw a lady on Jim Baker the other day saying like silver alloy that would. Uh, colloidal silver that that would take care of it that would dis would she would she say disengage it yeah yeah deactivate deactivate it would deactivate the coronavirus yeah yeah well he's Which now by the way doesn't have a two to 2.5 percent lethality rate now they've announced it's a 3.3 percent lethality lethality rate yeah well the world health organization well jim baker's on it and we should all feel relaxed no we should not um Ugh. I think that when it comes to Donald Trump's handling of coronavirus, he's just going to blame all of this on Mike Pence. Oh, absolutely. And he is. Mike Pence will be the fall guy. And yeah. that will be very convenient for Donald Trump. Well, let me be the first to say in advance. Uh huh. Thoughts and prayers, Mike. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, brother. I think he appreciates that. No, I think that would be really meaningful to him. Yeah, I, I bet. That. Yeah. I bet. I'll, I'll, Means uh, a lot. I'm, as I'm holding up my new, fresh, brand new copy of The <laughs> Skeptic's Guide to the it? Universe... Thoughts and prayers, brother. Okay. Thoughts and prayers. What is Speaking of thoughts and prayers, Brittany Page, we got some follow-up news. We do. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Chris Matthews. Yeah. We talked about this last episode. Mm-hmm. Out of a job. Yes. Retiring. Retired. Yeah. You know how they go on lengthy vacations or they retire? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, well, he gave at the top of his show. Yeah. He quit. Mm-hmm. And this is what he said. Let me start with my headline tonight. I'm retiring. This is the last hardball on MSNBC. And obviously... This isn't for lack of interest in politics. As you can tell, I've loved every minute of my 20 years as host of Hardball. 
Every morning I read the papers and I'm gung-ho to get to work. Not many people have had this privilege. I love working with my producers and the discussions we have over how to report the news. And I love having this connection with you, the good people who watch. I've learned who you are, bumping into you on the sidewalk or at waiting at an airport and saying hello. You're like me. I hear it from your kids and grandchildren who say my dad loves you or my grandmother loves you or my husband watched it till the end. Well, after a conversation with MSNBC, I decided tonight will be my last hardball. So let me tell you why. The younger generations out there are ready to take the reins. We see them in politics, in the media, in fighting for their causes. They are improving the workplace. We're talking here about better standards than we grew up with, fair standards. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. We're never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. I'm very proud of the work I've done here. Long before I went on television, I worked for years in politics, was a newspaper columnist, an author. I'm working on another book. I'll continue to write and talk about politics and cheer on my producers and crew here in Washington and New York and my MSNBC colleagues. They will continue to produce great journalism in the years ahead. And for those of you who have gotten into the habit of watching Hardball every night, I hope you're going to miss me because I'm going to miss you. But remembering Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca will always have Hardball. So let's not say goodbye, but till we meet again. Till we meet again. Don't you, don't you know who I am? He's, well, he's going to start probably an online show at chrismatthews.com, like Bill O'Reilly no, That's right. And then he can just work from home in his pajamas. But what is frustrating about that was his phrasing of complimenting women, right? I don't know if people went and watched that mashup of The Daily Show or the, that The Daily Show put together of Chris Matthews. Fawning over women live on the air. Yeah, listen, it's it goes beyond how he described it. When you are having... Erin Burnett, who is a very accomplished, educated, intelligent woman, lean into the camera and she doesn't understand what's going on. And then you talk about how beautiful she is when right. she's doing her job. Because you're not doing that to Tucker Carlson. Yeah, you're that's, not having dudes lean in and say, what a dapper young man. Yeah, that's you're objectifying her when she's in her professional Absolutely. capacity. Absolutely. There's and it's no just, other way to look at it. It's it's not just complimenting, right? He yeah. didn't just say, oh, Erin, you're a nice haircut. Right. Or your hair looks nice curled like that. Because that would be fucking weird that you're taking that much time on live broadcast television, a news program. Yeah. To discuss her hair. Yeah. Instead, you got to go way over the top with it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So goodbye to Chris Matthews and hello, possibly to Shepard Smith. Oh, yeah. So Shepard Smith has been reportedly in talks to either go to CNN or MSNBC. Now that this has happened, apparently the head honchos over at MSNBC are considering Shepard Smith, Steve Kornacki, or Joy Reid for replacing Chris Matthews. Well, they would be smart to get Shep because, uh, I mean, anybody would be smart to be champion at the bit right now to try to get Shep Smith. Oh yeah, fucking! Uh, it would be awesome if he took over for for Cuomo on CNN, whose ratings great. are fucking shitty. Yeah, yeah. Because he always has Kellyanne Conway on, and who's his friend? These fucking yeah, yeah. And he and he's also <laughs> unapologetic about being close friends. personal friends in real life. Right, right. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So we miss Shepard Smith. He he would be such an asset. 
And also, he just loves True Blood, right? He's not going to objectify <laughs> anybody. He's just going to go on and on the True Blood about whether or not people blood? are watching the True Blood. So that's it. That's then all you have to worry about. He also talk about his cat all the time or something. Yeah, he likes to talk about the cats, and <laughs> he he just kind of went on like little side conversations with himself all the time, and it was fun to watch. Love me some Shep Smith. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the primary results, Super Tuesday results. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Also very uh, surprising what took place. I think even Bernie was a little shell-shocked after Tuesday night. Having only won Vermont and Colorado and Utah and California. And then I, I don't even know all the states that Biden won because there's so goddamn many of them. Alabama, Arkansas, Maine, Massachusetts. Maine's a big one. That's kind of a shocker. Minnesota. North Not, not so much, but still, there's a little shock in there. North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas. Yeah. And Virginia. Well, Texas was a tight one because that was one that I think Bernie really spent some time in. Also, Virginia and North Carolina, I don't think were gimmies for Joe Biden. Now, the non-shocking thing is the fact that, well, not, let me rephrase. I was a little shocked by it, but I'm pleased by the result. And that's that Michael Bloomberg... Imagine what he could have done with $550 million you mean to in better terms the of... lives of poor people in this country. Exactly. Of homeless veterans right. in this country. Instead, he got a delegate. Mm -hmm. American Samoa. That's yeah. the only territory that he did not win a single state. Yeah. Well, think of the power of Elizabeth Warren here. And we really have her to thank for taking Bloomberg out because if oh, she yeah. hadn't crushed him at that debate, I, I do credit her with that. And she did, in fact, crush him. We we may be seeing a different result here when it comes to Michael Bloomberg. She laid bare the vulnerabilities of Mike Bloomberg. Yeah, she <laughs> she did what Bernie was not capable of doing on that debate stage. You know, the most recent debate was the worst one that Bernie has ever had. Yeah, for it sure. was a very, very disappointing debate. And I I don't know how much that played a role in any of this because those debates don't have super high ratings. But the interesting thing about Biden's win is he did so well with late voters, right? People yeah. who decided in these last few days well, they who they were going to vote it for. It was also people who waited and then realized, oh shit, uh, Lil Pete dropped out mm -hmm. and um, Amy Klobuchar dropped out mm -hmm. and then they coalesced around Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, listen, we've said it before, I don't think Joe Biden's a bad guy. I just don't think that he won has what it takes to take on Donald Trump. He could very well win. He could. But there's nothing really exciting about Joe Biden. There's nothing really inspiring about Joe Biden. And you sh shouldn't you want your leader, the, the person you're going to elect to be president of the United Sp States, to be inspiring, to be exciting. Mm -hmm. to, to look up to them and think, ah, that's what I want to be. Yeah, well, Minnesota is actually one of the main states in which he benefited from the support of late deciders, particularly sure. because Amy Klobuchar withdrew her home state and then endorsed Biden. And that helped push people into support Biden. And ultimately, he won that state by nine points. So what's strange to me is how quickly all this happened, right? Joe Biden went from this kind of like bumbling turd 
to everyone bowing out and rallying behind him and people deciding at the last minute, right? I mean, the the national polling, he wasn't doing great. Yeah, not at all. And so you have people very quickly at the last minute deciding, yeah, he's the safest choice. He's the safest choice. I'm freaked out. I just, I got to go with the safest choice. I I do think... If I hear you right, I think you're communicating that people are voting motivated by fear. Yes, absolutely. And I don't think that that's a winning recipe when it's a fear-based thing. No. You want to be... Well, one, one of the reasons Bernie's not doing well is young voters. They fucked straight off from the polls and didn't go. (laughs) 18 to 29-year-olds were the smallest group of voters. They should be the most fired up. The most motivated to get out there because they have the most to gain from the policies of Bernie Sanders. But they did not. Once again, the Twitterati, the Twitter class, the Facebook class, the slacktivism class blew their load online and then didn't come correct when it came time to actually fucking make a choice and get out there and vote for Bernie. That is who we have to blame. So for those of you who are angry at Elizabeth Warren, for those of you who would like to flog the only woman left in the fucking race who actually had a chance, I'm not talking about Tulsi Gabbard. The very competent, substantial woman. You know what? Who wants to be the first person to tell the last woman in the race, you gotta go, lady. Bow out and leave it to the men. It's not me. Bow out and leave it to the white men. Especially when she is probably, and Joe Biden, because he was vice president, I'll give him a little credit here. Elizabeth Warren is, in my judgment, the most qualified, the most knowledgeable, the most capable of being president of the United States. I didn't even vote for her. I think everybody knows that. I made a calculation. Now, Bernie, it looks like he's won California. But I don't know that I see a path forward for him to win the nomination. Sadly, I say that. Un- unless something changes. Right. But right. This is politics. Mir- mir- miracles don't really roll out like that. <laughs> I mean, some Donald would say, Trump. Some would say that what happened with Joe Biden is a miracle. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it could be. Uh, l- I want to get into the young voters thing because yeah, I think that's a really important point. So in Alabama, only 10% of the voters were in the 17 to 29 range compared to 14% in 2016. Sanders won 46% of those voters on Tuesday compared to 40% in 2016. In North Carolina, of the Super Tuesday electorate were young voters compared to 16% four years ago. So both in Alabama and North Carolina, that's down, right? Those percentages of those. And by the way, 2% isn't scant. 2% makes major swings. Yeah. Makes a difference. Of those, 57% went for Sanders in 2020 compared to 69% in 2016. So there's fewer, it looks like, Right. In those two examples, fewer young voters actually coming out, but more of those young voters that did come out supporting Bernie Sanders is basically what those percentages mean. In South Carolina, you have a higher percentage of a smaller number. It's it's all it's maybe a wash, maybe a wash. 
but probably uh, fewer people ultimately. Of course, yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to to counter the fact. No, I'm not trying to say young people came out, right? That's clearly not the case. The numbers yeah. are down, right? But what's interesting about that is that there's a higher percentage of the young people who did vote this time of which is a smaller number than mm, in yeah. previous yeah, the yeah, previous yeah. election. In South Carolina, which held its primary on Saturday, young voters made up 11% of the electorate compared to 15% in 2016. Sanders won 43% of those voters compared to 54% four years ago. So South Carolina is interesting because it was overwhelmingly for Biden, right? Mm. And you actually have in this case here... Uh, Bernie Sanders, not only was the young vote down in South Carolina, but he also won fewer of those voters than he did four years ago. Let me let's move on because I don't want to go too long on this. I do have a flight, (laughs) but let me let me say this. And this is a this is going to be another fucking pep talk about vote blue no matter who. For those of you diehard people out there who are thinking, fuck it, I'm going to sit this one out. Who cares if Donald Trump is is president again? What damage could be done more than's already been done if he's president for four more years? Well, let me tell you. Remember the fucking freak out when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed by the Senate? Remember the fucking freak out when Neil Gorsuch was being confirmed by the Senate? Remember the doom and the gloom and the fucking sky is falling. Women's right to choose is right now before the Supreme Court. If you think a 5-4 court is a fucking problem, and you should, imagine a 7-2 conservative court. Imagine the generational damage that will be done to our judiciary and by by virtue of that, our country, with a 7-2 conservative court. With Donald Trump picking two more justices. There's not a fucking chance Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to survive another four years of a presidency of Trump. To vote, to choose not to vote, is absolutely a vote for Trump. Literal blood will be on your hands if you allow your privilege to get in the way of removing Donald Trump from office, even if it means putting someone that is distasteful to you like Joe Biden. I also want to caution people to slow it down with leaning toward conspiracy theories, particularly surrounding Bernie Sanders. And I want to highlight a situation in particular with Sean King Sean King, not super reputable, would not recommend no. that people Unfollowed retweet that guy a him. long time ago. And I, I, I say this because there's been multiple instances where he has uh, propped up a story uh, said, you know, he does the thing where he does the breaking and then there's no link or source on anything. Yeah. He just like writes words. That is always a red flag. That's always a red flag. Also, reputable people like D. Ray McKesson, the the Black Lives Matter guy in the in the in the blue vest, they're on the outs. He's he's accused him of misappropriating donations. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't know because I'm not close to that, but 
there are people that I respect that have major problems and leveled major allegations against Sean King. That's neither here nor there anyway. Yeah. So he tweeted and I saw people share this tweet in my social network breaking MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and he tagged them just reported that multiple senior officials within the Democratic Party are interfering with the primaries to stop Bernie Sanders. They reported that the party has asked Bloomberg to drop out so that Biden would have an easier time against Bernie. Okay, he tweeted this. Rachel Maddow retweeted it because she was tagged in it. Yeah. Right. It's pretty ballsy to tag someone in a false statement. He also has over a million followers on Twitter. She retweeted it and said, what? No, I didn't report any such thing. Yeah. Now he doubled down on this, which of is weird. Course and he, he did. sent a video of her telling her that she said this. And when you watch the video, she didn't say it. He's like gaslighting her. Yeah. It's like very strange that someone with this platform would lie. Well. And then double down on the lie and like you, try to gaslight yeah, someone. Not when you know Sean King. It's that's that's really concerning. That's really, really concerning. He alleged that a cop raped a young lady. And then like a day later, the police department was like, well, here's the fucking audio tape. Didn't happen. And he's like, oh, sorry. I had to, I believed her. I did, blah, 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 blah. You got to use your platform responsibly. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about him. I know that I used to see his posts in my feed a lot like years ago, and they always seem to be pretty good. So maybe it's a case of someone who got so big that they just kind of stopped uh, trying to be reasonable, right? Because that doesn't always sell with people. You need to be kind of right. radical in order to get the numbers, to get the likes, to get the retweets. You kind of, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what society rewards, unfortunately. Sure. Yes. And so that kind of may be it. That's why I have like 6,500 followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I want to caution people to read. Yeah. You know, try, before you do the retweet, before you like, before you... Especially if there's not a link. Yeah. Go find the link. Yeah, go verify, right? And just be cautious about certain things before you share them. Because things like that, what Sean King shared, could have a tremendous effect on whether or not people feel motivated to go out there and vote. Or whether they call it quits altogether. Right, or go out there and try to make a difference and encourage other people to vote. So... I understand there's many, many concerns with the DNC, the Democratic establishment. I think there are many valid concerns that people talk about. I'm just trying to caution people away from some of the conspiratorial type stuff that you see being floated out there. Well, listen, it's not a conspiracy because a conspiracy is a secret. Anything that you're seeing done is being done in public. Pete drops out, endorses Biden. Amy Klobuchar drops out. She endorses Biden. This is all being done public. Bloomberg, the very next day, oh shit, I didn't get any votes. Dropped out, endorsed Biden. This is all being done in the fucking light of day. You might not like it, and it might bum you out, and you might be disappointed, but that's... It's all being done in the open. Anyway, the other thing, speaking of being done in the open, more Donald Trump demassery. One more thing. On Tuesday, Donald Trump, because you know, we're on the... On, uh, we just signed like a historic peace deal to end our forever war in Afghanistan. And Donald Trump got out there, was asked a question. He was on his way to a rally or some bullshit. And, uh, hey, is it true you just got off the phone with the Taliban? 
Here's what he said. I, it's I did. I spoke to the leader of the Taliban today. We had a good conversation. Uh, we've agreed there's no violence. We don't want violence. We'll see what happens. They're dealing with Afghanistan, but we'll see what happens. Okay. We had actually a very good talk with the leader of the Taliban. Very good talk. The 26th of February actually got out there when he was supposed to be uh, given a, a, a presser on, on, uh, on the coronavirus. And he starts off talking about this deal. Starts off talking about the war in Afghanistan. Because Donald Trump is all about the headline. Donald Trump wants to shape the narrative using the news cycle with no regard for what the fucking truth or the facts are. Because the very day after he said the thing you just heard him say, the U.S. launched an airstrike on the Taliban. Just hours after President Trump said he had had a very good conversation with the leader of the Taliban about the peace deal that was signed last weekend in Qatar to great fanfare, which now looks to be in jeopardy. The U.S. military announcing it launched airstrikes against the Taliban in response to the militant group attacking Afghan government forces in Helmand province. The attacks by the U.S. today are the first airstrikes since both sides took part in an agreement to reduce violence in Afghanistan that paved the way for the historic deal last week. Well, in a tweet, the spokesman for U.S. forces in Afghanistan confirmed the airstrikes, describing it as a defensive strike to disrupt Taliban attacks. He added, we are committed to peace. However, we have the responsibility to defend our Afghan National Security Forces partners. Warning, the Taliban appeared intent on squandering this opportunity and ignoring the will of the people for peace. Well, that peace agreement signed by the U.S. and the Taliban covered a number of pacts, including the withdrawal of around a third of U.S. forces in Afghanistan in exchange for the Taliban giving security guarantees, preventing groups like al-Qaeda from operating in their area. For their part, the Taliban expected the release of thousands of prisoners. But the government says the deal only referred to discussing the release of prisoners on both sides. Julia McFarlane, ABC News. So here, here, here's the deal. I'm not criticizing the, 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 the airstrike. What I'm criticizing here is the rush for the headline. The rush for the win politically. When that real lives are at stake, real national security here is at stake. And maybe we're promising too much when we're offering to release, she didn't say the number, 5,000 Taliban prisoners. Hardened terror fighters. This is what they have always criticized Barack Obama oh, for. Oh, no? yeah. Giving away, the, giving away the farm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just amazing, the hypocrisy, right? Because they criticize... Democratic presidents for doing the same exact things that they're doing. Yeah. And projection. And, and what they benefit from is Fox News not covering it, right? If Obama were to do that, that would be all over Sean Hannity's show. All day. If the whole tr- airway of, of, of Fox would be covered. If Trump does that, it's not even going to get a mention. No one's going to have any idea that that is occurring. Yeah. No idea. And you're going to talk to talk to someone who watches Fox News. You're going to talk to someone who supports Donald Trump. And they will have no idea. They will call you a liar if you bring it up. I talked to somebody about that today, that they are so in uninformed. Uh, it was actually 
Brett, my best friend. Yeah. We were talking today. He was getting his hair cut. He was talking with the lady <laughs> cutting his hair. What? While she's cutting his hair? She was talking uh, uh, to people in the salon about how you just can't trust anything the media says. Nothing they say you can trust. And that is th- that's the atmosphere that Donald Trump has fomented. He has handcrafted this, relying on the paranoia of the right wing. That Fox News is it. That's where the truth is. Everyone else has an agenda. You can't believe anything anyone else says. It's dangerous. It's, again, going back to Nico's call, one of the reasons why I long for the day where things kind of shift back to normal, where we can talk about policy differences without it being uh, this existential relationship-ending fight. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. (laughs) All right. Taking care of biz. AOC. AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She went, I think this was a viral video. It was pretty much everywhere. We were going to play it last time and ran out of time since we went almost two hours. Yeah, she had this really beautiful moment where she talked about religious freedom and how the principles of religious freedom are only brought up in contexts in which bigotry is being defended. Ah, it's a great point. I'm experiencing this hearing and I'm struggling whether I respond or launch into this question as a legislator or from the perspective of a woman of faith. Because I cannot, it's it's very difficult to sit here and listen to arguments in the long history of this country of using scripture and weaponizing and abusing scripture to justify bigotry. White supremacists have done it. Those who justified slavery did it. Those who fought against integration did it. And we're seeing it today. And sometimes, especially in this body, I feel as though if Christ himself walked through these doors and said what he said thousands of years ago, that we should love our neighbor and our enemy, that we should welcome the stranger, fight for the least of us, that it is easier for a rich man, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into a kingdom of heaven. He would be maligned as a radical and rejected from these doors. And I know And it is part of my faith that all people are holy and all people are sacred unconditionally. And that is what makes faith sometimes, that's what what prompts us to transform because it is unconditional. It's not about that it is up to us to love parts of people. We love all people. There is nothing holy about rejecting medical care of people, no matter who they are on the grounds of what their identity is. There is nothing holy about turning someone away from a hospital 
There's nothing holy about, about rejecting a child from a family. There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law. And I am tired of communities of being of faith being weaponized and being mischaracterized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. I'm tired of it. My faith commands me to treat Mr. Minton as holy because he is sacred, because his life is sacred, because you are not to be denied anything that I am, that I am entitled to, that we are equal in the eyes of the law, and we are equal in my faith in the eyes of the world. And so I just have to get that out ahead of time because it is deeply disturbing, not just what is happening here, but what this administration is advancing is the idea that religion and faith is about exclusion. It is not up to us. It is not up to us to deny medical care. It is up to us to feed the hungry, to clothe the poor, to protect children, and to love all people as ourselves. Kind of, uh, kind of expected her to break out into song. Oh, what a dummy she is. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. Oh, wow. Where, what is it? With the, I don't know that one. Where the, where... Something that I, all I know where is he, the my, Lord is here and where my, he is is holy. That's what it is. That's the line. All I know is <laughs> my God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. He lives. Something he's, with wisdom, power, he's and love. An awesome God. He's God awesome. is an awesome God. So anyway, uh, what a really dummy. Great. She's yeah. such a dummy. What's funny? I just shared some post from some ding dong who mm-hmm. apparently didn't like that I like took a screenshot of his post and unfriended me. Uh-huh. But it was like, well, she's the Sarah Palin of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. That is a fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's That woman is the future of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I hope everyone knows that I'm joking when I call her a dummy. It's it's pretty remarkable to me because I see I see a lot of older conservative men in my social media circles that will criticize her for being dumb. I see older conservative women do it as well. And I don't know how you can listen to her talk for even a minute and come away yeah. thinking that she is too young to understand life. Yeah, it takes a special and unintelligent. A special arrogance to believe that. I mean, you're just you're not you're not being reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. So I thought that was really beautiful, and she is taking care of biz. Taking care of biz. Anyway, we're going to leave you there, guys. We love you, and we appreciate you. Uh, every minute that you spend listening to the show, every time you tell a, a friend who might like and enjoy what we do here, that matters, and we appreciate it. We would also invite you to consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, or you can shop on Amazon despite the horrible human rights record of Amazon.com. You can go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, take a little bit of money out of Jeff Bezos' pockets, and give it to us. In the meantime, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page... I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. And the quickest way to my heart is burning me during Secret Santa time. That is perfect. <laughs>